0: You are listening to wrfg atlanta 89.3 fm up next alternative perspectives atlanta's only queer radio hour hold on tight and thank you so much for listening to wrfg atlanta 89.3 fm uh, welcome once again. It is Tuesday night. It is 7 o'clock and it is time for alternative perspectives. This is Atlanta's only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting Atlanta's queer community. Although I should say that some of the issues we talk about also affect other communities. Um, for instance, the upcoming election, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Um, I am your host, Greg Bossen. Thank you so much for listening. The opinions expressed here, as always, are those of myself and my guests and do not necessarily represent the views of WRFG, its employees, board volunteers, funders, or listeners. So, shockingly, it is getting cooler out. Um, We have Alexa with us here today, by the way. Hello, Alexa. How are you?
1: Hi, Greg. I'm doing well. It's been a second. How are you?
0: Yeah, it has been. It has been. I took a trip. out west to pick up a car because my car was stolen uh, here in Atlanta. So I bought the same exact car. It was horrific. But anyway, my point, (laughs) that's a whole other story. But my point is is, it was so hot out there. It was like 107 in California. And then we drove across country going from California to Tucson. There were places that were 114 degrees. So... (sighs) Stop it. I know. And people are always right, like, yeah. oh, but it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Well, let me tell you something. When it's 114 degrees, I don't care how dry it is. It's hot.
1: It's but very anyway. hot. Yeah. Oh, my God. But then I get okay. back
0: here last, I get back here over the weekend and oh, my God, I was cold this morning. I had to put a jacket on. I biked to work. I had to put a jacket on. So, well,
1: you crazy. know, I wake up early in the morning, right? And I mean early, I mean between 4.30 and 5 a.m. And lately, when I've been waking up, it has been in the 60s. So,
0: yeah, well, I think you're absolutely insane to get up between (laughs) 430 and 5 a.m. But anyway, um, so uh, before we do the news with Alexa, uh, the show uh, tonight, the interview, is going to be about the Out on Film Festival, which is coming up. Um, This is a uh, an LGBTQ themed film festival. This is the 35th year of the festival here in atlanta um it's a big deal around the country to be in this festival believe it or not uh and i can ask them about this but i believe as of last year uh, entrance into this festival can automatically be entered into the academy awards as well so it's kind of a big deal Um, this happened a year or two ago Uh, to have a shortened uh, application to get into the Academy Awards. I may be mistaken, but I don't think I am. So we have uh, Jim Farmer, who's the festival director, and Craig Hardesey, who's the chairman of the board. They're also partners, by the way. Um, But the festival starts um, a week from Thursday. So it starts on September the 22nd. It goes through that weekend and the following weekend and ends on October Seconds, so it's always fun to talk with Jim. They have 147 films that are showing, uh, and uh, you can see them virtually as well. But we'll talk to them more about that um, after we do the news. New news of the queer. Uh -uh. I know that's right. No, she didn't say what. All right, and we have Alexa from Georgia Equality here to help us out, and. I know that um, this isn't what you wanted to cover for a minute, but uh, where are you right now, Alexa? Uh,
1: Okay. Yes, I am living my dream in Tybee Island. I've been working here for the last, like, five days. We have a few work events. Um, It is treating me well. It was supposed to rain the entire time, and it has actually been sunny, like, 90% of the time. And
0: you said there was a pride event there?
1: Yeah, Tybee Island, um, the name of their pride community organization is called um, Tybee Equality Fest, and they had their pride festival um, in Marketplace on Saturday, this past Saturday. It was really, really sweet. Um, the people here are lovely. The music was great. Tons of um, like local um, organizations and companies were there. It was awesome.
0: And is there a awesome. parade?
1: There was a parade. So, yes, the parade started at um at noon and then they had the marketplace. And then later that evening, they had bands playing. There was a DJ. Um, they had a costume contest. So they're really oh. creative and laid back down here. So, yeah, it was sweet. It was oh, sweet I'm
0: I'm I'm sure they are. All right. Well, so let's <clears throat> let's get started. So obviously, the first thing would be this upcoming election. I know you wanted to talk about that a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm sure most people have seen the commercials that candidates have been putting out. Um, But I did want to just give people some key election dates and update them on a couple of changes. Um, So first things first, if you want to apply for your absentee ballot, you want to vote by mail, um, that has begun. Okay. And so your last day to submit your ballot um, is going to be, my apologies, lost my place.
0: I didn't know you. So the, could, can you vote absentee regardless or do you have anybody, to have a reason?
1: No, anybody who was registered to vote can vote by absentee ballot in your last day to complete your absentee ballot application is going to be two Fridays before Election Day. OK, Election Day is November 8th. So you must submit an application first in order to um to actually vote by mail. And there is an online portal through the secretary of state's office. So you just go on to the secretary of state's office online and you can submit your application there.
0: Okay. So um, it seems like you have, you said two weeks before the eighth.
1: Absolutely. Have, two, this two Fridays before.
0: Not that they would get it back to you in time. So I would encourage people to probably file before absolutely. then.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's available now. And so the sooner, the better. The sooner, the better with those. Um, the last day to register to vote, or if you are eligible, is going to be October 11th. That is very, very soon. We're a little less than a month out. So if you have not registered to vote, please, you can do it online. There are tons of people in the community doing voter registration. Georgia Equality is running voter registration. So I urge everyone. Check your status online first. Right. Even if you think that you might be registered, if you haven't voted in the last couple of years, you really need to go online to secretary of state's office and check and make sure that you are still on the roll. OK, because there have been some purging happening. So check your status. If you are not registered, if it does not look active, you need to register to vote by October 11.
0: Wow. And can do you have to have a driver's license or some sort of photo photo ID on the day that you vote?
1: You need a valid vote, um, some kind of valid picture ID. Now, here's the thing. It does not actually have to be a Georgia ID. You need to be a resident of Georgia. But the identification that you use does not have to be a Georgia identification card or driver's license.
0: Just something with the picture. Just something indicates. with
1: your picture and your name that is official. Yes,
0: you are who you say you are. OK, OK, you are who
1: you say you are. OK,
0: I think that's that's uh, really relevant. Did you want to say anything about the people that are running before we move on? You want to say anything about Herschel Walker versus Raphael Warnock?
1: <laughs> Absolutely not, Greg. Absolutely not today. I What I can say is a couple of people that Georgia Equality has endorsed.
0: OK, all yes. right.
1: So Georgia Equality has released their 2022 general election endorsed candidate list. Um, For governor, we have endorsed Stacey Abrams. Lieutenant Governor, we have endorsed Charlie Bailey. Secretary of State, we have um, endorsed B. Nouingye. I apologize for that pronunciation. For Attorney General, we have um, endorsed Jen Jordan. For Labor Commissioner, William Bodie. And then state school superintendent Alicia Searcy. So those are our statewide endorsed candidates.
0: Yeah, and I was. That's that's what you get
1: from me, Greg.
0: Yeah, well, I will obviously say more as usual. But um, so uh, Herschel Walker is holding a razor thin lead over Raphael Warnock right now. And uh, it's obviously very concerning. Um, This is a man who, um, I mean, he was a decent college football player, but uh, he's very problematic. He's very problematic. (laughs) But it's just shocking to me that this man is, you know, could very well win, could very well win unless we can get the vote out, particularly in and around the Atlanta area. Because when you get out of the suburbs of Atlanta and you get into the countryside, I talked to a gentleman just the other day who says he's voting for Herschel Walker because he could never vote for Raphael Warnock because Raphael Warnock is spending all of our money. Because he's just listening to, you know, like spending the money yeah. how? because he voted for the PPP. Lo- yes, because he voted for PPP. Well, that was the third PPP round. There were two others, COVID funding. Yes. You know, and I don't understand. Yes. It's anyway, whatever. It's just so funny.
1: Yes. You know, I have thoughts, but Georgia Equality does not operate in federal space. So.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so, yes. All right. But I hear right. what you're saying. So I just, you know, I really, really hope that people uh, come out in droves to vote uh, this time around. That,
1: because uh, That's what matters at the end of the day. Um you, We just, we need people at the ballot. Whoever you choose to vote for is a personal decision. And absolutely, we all have our thoughts and opinions on that. But this is one of the most important elections. And a lot of the stories that I'll share today are going to kind of all filter back to the idea that like, at the end of it all, if you do not vote, if we do not come together and make some really significant changes, um, we could be setting some things in motion for the next 10 years that we're going to have to sh- really, really struggle with as a country and as a state. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so this is this is one of the most important elections we, we have had, mm-hmm. I think, in the last five to 10 years.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, um, so what do you got news wise? Yes.
1: Yeah, so this first story is out of Colombia. And to me, it speaks directly to the conversation we just had about voting. Um, the name of the story is how targeting LGBTQ rights are a part of the authoritarian playbook. Um, In the last three decades, protections for LGBTQ people's rights have advanced rapidly in many countries and regions. However, rising populist authoritarianism poses a significant threat to this progress because abolishing sexual freedom is often at the heart of repressive repressive political projects. The progressive and backsliding in my home country, Colombia, this is from the speaking from the author's voice, illustrates the process of using democracy to erode LGBTQ rights. So basically in 2016, Colombia seemed like a legislative paradise for LGBTQ people. That year um, there, there was the pinnacle of legislative success there was a constitutional court ruling that secured a range of family rights for same-sex couples, including marriage and adoption and protections for LGBTQ students in schools. But toward the end of the year, there was another exceptional event. In an effort to end a brutal decade-long armed conflict, the Indian country held um, basically a meeting for a peace agreement between the government and the Revolutionary Armed Forces in Colombia. Um, A key issue that But they ended up voting against it in a very narrow margin. Um, A key issue that mobilized this this no, or the not passing of this peace agreement was the moral panic generated by the inclusion of gender, women's rights, and LGBTQ-related provisions in the peace agreement, including a definition of gender and the explicit recognition of these populations as victims of the armed conflict. Extremist groups decreed these provisions as imposing a gender ideology, tapping into the recent controversy around gender and sexuality in education in schools. But later on, um, trigger warning, there was a suicide of a queer student who had experienced severe bullying and discrimination in school. The constitutional court directed the government to carry out an existing law detailing measuring measures to protect LGBTQ students from discrimination and to recognize diversity in sexual orientation and gender identity as a principle of comprehensive sexual education. Conservative groups attacked this decision as imposing gender ideology on children and social media became a battleground. While well, the fate of Columbia's peace was intertwined with the fate of LGBTQ people. The story goes on to basically discuss how um, more extremists, what we would consider right-wing groups within countries, will utilize minority groups and minority issues, specifically LGBTQ rights, um, women's rights, and they will ut- harness the power in, the, in, in people's negative, per- negative feelings towards those minority groups to further their political agenda, right? right. So this extremist group in Colombia did not want peace agreement, right? They were attempting to can maintain control in this country um, when the peace agreement was on the table and they were supposed to decide on it. Even though the government um, had laws protecting the queer community and women's rights, they decided to play on the hearts and minds of the conservative people in the country and just harness that power. And I like this story because it felt, incredibly eerily similar to what is happening in the United States today. Um, What do you, what do you think about that?
0: No, I, I agree. I mean, I was thinking of all of the laws that are being passed um, towards uh, the transgender community, not being able to participate in sports. Um, Mm -hmm. That's happening all over the country as a way to kind of, I guess, engender support um, for the right. Um, but it's it's a solution in, in search of a problem. It was, it was just it's just a wedge issue, I guess. It's something that's really a non-issue. Um, that group in Colombia, I think it's called FARC. Actually, the uh, it's the yes, Revolutionary it Armed Forces of Colombia, and. Um, I thought they made peace, but in, in an effort, to, they did make peace with them. But I guess, uh, are they, um, they're members of their their own political party now, I guess, in Colombia. They
1: are, yes. Yeah. So there was peace. It. What I found, I'm, I'm pretty sure they had found some peace, but to solidify it, they put this peace agreement on the table. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, but the margin, it was, the margin for why it was rejected, I think I said it was like 50.2%. Right. So it just barely didn't pass. Like it was barely.
0: Wow. Um, but one of the things what, that Dr. they were pushing, yeah. one of the things they were pushing was that there are these uh, supportive LGBTQ uh, laws on the books that
1: exactly. I guess they didn't like. Yeah. And a part of the agreement was going to include, um, basically some gender policy, right? Some gender definition and things like that. And so they took that one piece of the agreement and, and utilized it to ensure that it wouldn't pass and it worked. Um And I mean, when you think about, you know, the overturning of federal protections that we just, you know, just witnessed, um it was a lot of the same, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the same. So yeah, I thought are, that was interesting.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, there are those uh that are I guess centrist Democrats will say in the United States that are in power, that are willing to um, kind of sacrifice our rights in an effort to get some sort of like middle of the road solution to yes. certain things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Which yeah is why. the moderate.
1: Mm-hmm. The, that, that middle, a lot of times when you're trying to make an agreement, you know, when you're sitting, when they're sitting in those chambers trying to can agree on a bill they're thinking so what can i what can i sacrifice because you know to get the republicans and democrats to agree on one thing because you you definitely have to have some bipartisanship you've got to say what am i going to give up and a lot of times some of the smaller minority groups including queer issues end up on the chopping block
0: yep yep
1: unfortunately that's why representation matters that's why you have to vote representation right choose people who reflect your community
0: what 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 next? plug yeah good yes what so next?
1: the next story actually feeds directly out of um, this one this one is out of the United States um, I do believe they're in Tennessee so the name of the story is no rings no guests Supreme Court fears spur LGBTQ shotgun weddings so this is a lovely piece about a same-sex couple um, basically late in late June let's not go through all of that so yeah this story is about a same-sex couple out of Tennessee young some young girls were got engaged were planning to get married I think they were 23 and 25 they were planning their wedding a year out then Roe v Wade was overturned in in the Supreme Court all of a sudden they were panicking they were like if we wait an entire year you know Roe v Wade is a could potentially lead to the overturning of marriage equality so they felt so much pressure they went ahead and had what this story is calling a shotgun wedding in a park no witnesses no family they just had to get it done right um and they were so sad this story outlines the pressure they felt and the disappointment and how even they were planning to have a party to celebrate later on down the road but they felt just disenchanted by the whole process and I thought this was important because it, it, it always just feeds back to the larger conversation about federal rights versus states' rights. Um, and in this story, they explain that there's about 35 states that still ban same-sex marriage um, at the state level, right? The only reason why those laws cannot be enforced is because marriage equality was on the, was on the table. But if it comes down that marriage equality is overturned and it is not federally protected or, reco- or, um, or in law, those 35 states will more than likely immediately reenact their bans on same-sex marriage. 35 out of 50 states, Greg.
0: Yeah, and, and one of them is, is our state, for sure.
1: One of them is our state. Exactly, exactly. And so I think this is a time, I'm going to harp on voting today. I really, really am. I don't think voting fixes everything. I don't think we have a perfect system when it comes to voting and electing representation for our people. But it is what we have today. Um, And so it matters. And it starts on the local level. It starts with your mayor. It starts with your city council member. And then you feed all the way up into your House of Representatives and your senators. You know, uh-huh. don't just think about the presidency because those are the folks that end up uh, making the decisions for your state. And we live in Georgia, and so right. very easily Georgia could become a state where you know our community can't get married.
0: Yeah, very and, easily. You know, if you talk about it with um, those on the right, um, a lot of them will say, "Well, I don't. I really don't think that's going to happen. That's not going to happen. They won't. They won't overturn uh, uh, marriage equality." But the the same was said about Roe uh, Ro versus Wade. And it's been over Correct. So, I mean, when, totally possible. When you're
1: a minority population, you to me, when you're a part of any marginalized community, you just can't get too comfortable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, a law is a law until it's not. And a law is not a law until it is. You just yeah. can't get too comfortable. So don't believe that. Always yeah. be kind of ready and on guard. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, but it's the way it is.
0: And Roe Roe versus Wade has been the law for fifty years, and it was overturned. Marriage equality has only been the law for like eight. So exactly, you know,
3: and there are people exactly. that want to
0: overturn it. So you know, it's certainly possible. And I think it's so sad that they had to. Uh, they felt compelled to do something quick and dirty. Uh, but in Tennessee, I'm I eight, can't imagine. Oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And marriage yeah. is not just about love, right? A lot of people go into it for love, but there are a lot of um, protections and benefits that come with having a legal marriage, right? It can be a business in a certain way, mm-hmm. and so um, it's unfortunate. I don't want to tell people to go get shotgun weddings, but I mean, it is something to consider um, getting your paperwork and affairs in order because you just don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, as an accountant, I will tell you that there's certainly <laughs> important things to look at. You know if If you're married and and your spouse passes, your retirement goes to you immediately with no tax consequences. If you're unmarried, then you end up paying tax on that, Um, you know, Social Security benefits. You wouldn't get your spouse's Social Security benefit if you're not married, you know, so there's all kinds of all kinds of things that uh, you need to take a look at. But anyway, uh, and the answer. Yeah, the answer once again is to get out. and vote. What do we have next?
1: Um, well, tell me this. How much time? Do you have time We've for got... two stories or one story? Yeah,
0: we do. We could do two more stories. Awesome. We're good.
1: Okay. Then my next story is out of Montana. This is back still in the United States. Montana permanently blocks transgender birth certificate changes. Okay. Oh, wow. Billings, Montana. Yes. Montana health officials on Friday made permanent a rule that blocks transgender people from changing their birth certificates, even if they undergo gender-affirming surgery. The move was made by Republican um, Governor Greg Gianforte's, I believe. Um, administration comes just days before a court will hear arguments over the legality of a similar rule that's been in effect on, on as an emergency basis since May. The ACLU of Montana has asked State Judge Michael Moses to strike down the emergency rule. Moses, in April, had temporarily blocked a 2021 Montana law that made it difficult for transgender people to change their birth certificates. The law said people had to have a surgical procedure, quote-unquote, before they could change the sex listed on their birth certificate. GiaForte's administration then went further and blocked changes to birth certificates even after surgery. Over the last several years, conservative legislators in numerous states have sought to limit the rights of transgender people. So this is what I'm talking about, right? This is on the state level. There was a rule that already made it difficult for folks, for transgender folks to change Um, their birth certificate, but now they've made it even more difficult and they're trying to permanently block it. Um, And so to me, again, it feeds back into why it matters who we put into office on the state and local city level, because the governor, you know, decided under an emergency order to block this.
0: And, you know, you can change. That's interesting. Can you change your name on your birth certificate? I don't know if you have a name change. I don't know
1: So um, I don't know all of the like legality around it, but I do Mm -hmm. know there are ways to change names on birth certificates. So say like a child is adopted at seven years old, you can have a new birth certificate issued with their Mm -hmm. new family name on it and things like that. So um, yes, you are as a transgender person, you can have your name changed. And um, I'm not sure if they let you change your sex marker. I wanna say yes, but don't quote me. Um, But yeah, but Montana has decided that You can't in Montana. Yeah.
0: And the thing that the the thing that and I I would love to have somebody on the show that would be able to explain to me why is this such a big deal? (laughs) Again, this is a solution in in search of a problem. I mean, we've got all these uh, issues going on with uh, climate change and the economy and inflation and our bridges are collapsing. And, you know, we need to get on to environmentally friendly forms of energy you know, there's people that are without um, food, you know, the education system needs to be overhauled, the VA. And what are we talking about? We're talking about changing the sex on a birth certificate. I mean, it's infinitesimally small, the people that this would affect anyway, all you're doing is hurting people. You're not helping anyone.
1: That's it. That's it. But I will say, I think a lot of this is distraction, right? Yes. I do think that, and it, and it goes back to the first one we talked about, how authoritarian authoritarian uh, excuse me authoritarian rule, right? They will harp on. Um, issues that may not even be real actual issues, just things that need to be put in place to protect people. They may utilize that if it's, if it's one population to maintain, to maintain or gain control. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the far right right now, right. Our conservative, you know, family members, citizens are attempting to regain control of this country. And so right now, a way to do it is to focus on these gender issues um, and women's rights issues. And because you can gain enough support, right? You've got that moderate middle, you've got the moderate middle of citizens that are could be swayed either left or right. And so you choose something that's controversial, just enough. Right. And make, you know, and then you use use a little social psychology on them and bam, you've got it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's asinine, but you know.
0: What else we got one more, we got room for one more story.
1: I've got a happy story. So, oh, good.
0: Um, <laughs> we need yeah, one. Yeah, this
1: is my yes. I am <laughs> back to giving a happy story at the end. So um, meet Argentina's um, special envoy for LGBTQ and intersex rights. Argentina has a new position in their government. Um, and so basically, Argentina is a, is a pioneer in the implementation of laws and public policies that support LGBTQ and intersex rights. The country in 2010 became the first in South America to extend marriage rights to same-sex couples. Argentina in 2021 became the second country in Americas, in the Americas to offer non-binary national ID cards. That's amazing.
0: It is. Um,
1: <laughs> that's great. A transgender rights law and a labor quota for trans people, among other things, have been implemented since then. These initiatives, in most cases, have inspired neighboring countries to recognize LGBTQ and intersex people. Argentina this year created a position within the country's foreign affairs ministry that focused exclusively on the promotion of LGBTQ and intersex rights abroad. Al a well-known queer activist, on May 2nd became Argentina's first ever special representative on sexual orientation, and gender identity. The U.S., the U.K., Italy, and Germany are the other four countries with people in their respective governments who specifically promote LGBTQ and intersex rights. Ruta, 46, is a trans woman who was born in Salta province in northern Argentina. This made me so happy.
0: Yeah, definitely. I had had no idea that, um, that Argentina was so progressive. Uh, i did way. not
1: either i did not either but they have a trans woman um as as this ambassador i think it's awesome i think it's awesome awesome so there is hope there is yes hope.
0: well there's always hope there's always, always hope. hope yeah i hear hope. argentina is beautiful and that, that actually gorgeous. i think that that's i think you take a if you want to go to the um antarctica i think there's a boat that leaves from argentina that goes to antarctica so um and Antarctica is always a place I wanted to see.
1: It's you way at the should south. Do it. I watched some YouTubers, a couple YouTubers that are like adventure YouTubers, and um, they have done, they documented their trip to to South to Antarctica. It was crazy, but they loved it. And so if you're into all of that, it could be cool.
0: Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Alexa. Thank you for your time. I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in, awesome. in Tyvee Island. Uh, while i was in while i was in california i was visiting a friend of mine who is the uh he's a singer and he was uh heading a tribute band for steely dan i don't know if you know them but um so i'm gonna start i'm gonna take us out here with a little steely dan (laughs) see you see you next week bye greg bye And that was Paul Simon. Uh, that's why God made the movies. All right, welcome back. Uh, you are listening to Alternative Perspectives. This is a, uh, Atlanta's uh, uh, only gay uh, or queer uh, radio hour. Um, and I am your host, uh, Greg Bossett. And we have the 35th Out on Film Festival. It's amazing. It's been 35 years. That's crazy. Uh, that is coming up. It starts on a week from Thursday uh, on September the 22nd. And it goes for, it goes through two weekends and ends on Sunday, October the 2nd. And they need that time because there are a total of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, guys, 147 films, at least on the site. Uh, and we have the festival director, Jim Farmer, and his partner, Craig uh, Hardisee.
2: Hardesty?
0: Hardesty. Hardesty. Hardesty, Hardesty. Uh, who is the chair uh, of the board. And I should say Out on Film is a nonprofit organization that you can donate to.
3: Yes, please. Absolutely.
0: Please. Yes. yes,
3: dollars $50,000, dollars 2 dollars please.
0: Yes, this is uh, Jim and Craig are partners. This is their own personal slush fund uh, that they use. <laughs> No, but but anyway, so uh, the first thing I want to start with is something that has been out, I I think, is this the first or the second year that you've been able, you've gotten this designation uh, where uh, uh, entrants in out on film, if they're chosen, they get a shortcut to um, get on the the Academy, is that right? Did I say that right?
3: In 2020, we became an Oscar qualifying film festival, which means that the film that wins our drama short jury competition is now eligible to be considered for the next year's academy award so this is our third year of being um oscar qualified
0: oh wow okay i had said in the intro a little while ago that it was any film that was chosen to be shown but no it's the the winner
3: of the drama short you're saying yes it's the, the it's the jury winner of our drama shorts competition that that film is eligible to be considered for the next year's academy award
2: All for right. a live action for the live action short category
3: yes
0: All right. Thank you, Craig. But Jim had already covered that. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give Craig a lot of uh, crap today. But anyway. All right. So um, before we get into the actual films, just tell uh, a little bit about how uh, this is going to work this year, how people can uh, see the movies, um, where they go to sign up. Uh, and, and, and like you can see it live. Is is everything virtual as well as live this year or some and some? Craig's going to take that one.
2: So we are both live and streaming. Uh, so we are doing both. Um, and that's so that, uh, you know, people can come to the theater and experience these films in theater. Uh, but we also have a large segment of the population outside of Metro Atlanta, but also people in the city who have mobility issues or health concerns. Um, And so we wanted to keep a streaming option so that everybody had access to the festival. Um, Everything that is in theater, except maybe like five or six films is available streaming. And then there are some additional films that are streaming only. Um, So you can, we'll be at Landmark Midtown Art Cinema. We will be at Outfront Theater Company we have a screening at ipic and Colony Square and a screening at the roll call theater over at Pont city market so there's lots of venues and lots of different ways that people can come and check out the best of queer cinema
0: oh wow, okay wow I didn't know that you had um that you had something at that is is it the ipic theater in uh, Yeah, square? over
2: at, at i pick and Colony square we're doing one screening over there we are um doing a, a 40th anniversary screening of greece 2 overnight.
3: really yes. Oh, okay. yes so we're all gonna be doing our cool rider yes. impressions that night <laughs> we're all gonna right. bring a
2: ladder and somebody's gonna get on a ladder and do cool rider along with michelle
0: <laughs> all right well okay so tell me um how are we opening what are we what are we opening the uh, what are we opening with this season
3: we are very, very happy to be opening up Bros, which is um, a landmark film. It's, uh, Bros is the, is the first romantic comedy from a major studio about two gay men. Um, it stars Billy Eichner, who is the first openly gay man to co-write and start in his own major studio film. It also has um, a supporting cast that is largely comprised of LGBTQ actors. So it's, it's, um, it's a landmark film. It's a comedy. Uh, people are going to love it. And we're so excited to be able to um, have it at the festival this year. And when you're
0: saying it's a landmark film, you don't mean because it's a landmark Midtown art cinema. You're saying it's a landmark because it's the first time.
3: Well, both. No, okay. All right. It, it, it is landmark because it is, I mean, you know, universal pictures, Um, you know, the, again, it's from a major studio and it's really the first Romantic comedy for a major studio about you know gay man navigating um, you know relationships you know stumbling toward love. Is this the first time it's being shown? Period. Or oh oh no. Okay, all right. No all no right. no. I mean we're not no, no. It, the the film premiered last week at Toronto the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, that was its world premiere, and so it's, oh. it opens it opens September thirtieth. So after the Toronto screenings, they are screenings throughout the country up leading up until uh, the time it's released on September 30th.
0: But it'll be the first time that you can see it here in Atlanta.
3: As far as I know, as far yeah. as I know. Yes.
0: Okay. All right. Good movie. You like it?
3: It is a good movie. It's very funny. Um, I can't wait for people to see it, and people are going to okay. love it. It's just you know, it's it's just a romantic comedy. People are going to love.
0: Okay. All right. Does it have a happy ending? Well, it's a romantic comedy, so obviously it needs to
3: be. It's a romantic comedy.
0: (laughs) Okay. No more tragedy. Well, there's probably some of that as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) All right.
0: Well, um, so, uh, Jim, you covered something. So Craig, why don't we, why don't we go to you? Is there anything in particular that you are excited about this time?
2: So I, I, I'm excited about a, a lot of them, really. One of the ones that we are screening is called wonderfully made. Um, Uh, which uh, is a world premiere um, for us and for the film. And it's directed by Yuval Yuval David. And it is a documentary that explores LGBTQ experience in the Catholic church, which which sounds dreadful, I know, but (laughs) it's not. (laughs) Which is, I think, the reason why I really like this film uh, because it's not it, its not a church bashing. I mean, it is very <laughs> frank about queer experiences in the church. Um, but it also, they interview a lot of clergy who talk about, you know, ways in which queer people interact uh, with the church. Um, and then at the same time, they are weaving through um, a, a photo shoot that is depicting queer people in traditional religious iconography. Um, and I think it's going to be a photo montage at the end that it's going to be really, really beautiful to watch and very moving um, to watch queer representation and religious art um, on a big screen. I think I think that it's going to really move people and I think it will really speak to people. And I don't think you have to be Catholic um, to understand it. Um, is this art or, or is, see... is new art or is
0: this old art when you talk it's
2: looking at like like images the christ figure depicted um by queer people
0: okay so this is this it's not as if you found something you know a thousand years ago that depicted uh queer life although that would be an interesting thing to look at as well. but Uh, um jim why don't you take that on as a project Definitely.
3: I'll start start the minute the festival's
0: over. (laughs) No, but I I, I think this is really cool, Craig. I do. And, you know, I have more than one friend um, that uh, uh, that are gay and Catholic and religious,
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: very religious, as a matter of fact. Uh, So uh, that sounds like an interesting film. So how might just one more question about it? Are we talking about? Uh, are we talking about the 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 bad stuff that happened in the Catholic Church? Or are we just talking about what it's like to be queer and in a Catholic? Church? I
2: mean, it, it is not. It, we're we're not talking about pedophilia okay. and sex abuse in the church. It's. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's going to touch on that some, but it's really mm-hmm. talking about you know how church practices have been exclusionary of, of queer people, but that queer people have been in the church and. And really, talking about ways of, of clergy who have really kind of gone against the church, trying to be inclusive. Um, so I, I want to say it, it is not at all a completely negative portrayal uh, about church and religion and and, and queerness, um, but really about the people who have fought from within the church, and some of whom have been sanctioned um, or you know ostracized from from the church. And also, like your friend, I mean. Parishioners and people who hold on to a faith despite the way, you, you know, that doctrine, you, mm-hmm. you know, treats queer people. And so I think it's, you know, I, I think there are some positive things to take from it um, for people who would be inclined. And, and I think for anybody who's come out of the church or any church, I mean, I, I think, you know, we'll be able to identify and, and and I, I think it's a nice frank open conversation about queer experience in the church.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's really cool. And I'm just before we leave this, and I know we spent some time on it, but I just find it interesting. Um I'm just reminded of when the current Pope, uh it was pretty soon after he had yeah. um uh taken his uh I don't know what they call it, assumed his leadership position. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, he was, I think he was flying back. I think he'd taken, I think he was going, he was in America and he was flying back on a plane and there were reporters and they asked him what he thought about um, homosexuality and gay marriage. And um, and I remember him saying, who am I to judge? Yes. <laughs> and I remember thinking,
2: yeah. you're the Pope. Any- <laughs> I know, it's like, it's your thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's your
0: thing. But uh, anyway, all right, so... um. Okay, and uh, Jim, you want to you pick something now? It's your turn to see if you can pick something you like. I'm going to pick cool. a couple if you don't mind. Okay, uh, sure. Hold on. Before I do that, I do want to say that um, wonderfully made uh, show, this is happening on Saturday uh, at Landmark uh, at 5 p.m. on September the 24th. Um, and I'm going to tell listeners that you cannot buy tickets at the door. You do need to buy them in advance. If at least that's what the website says. Yes. So um, we'll talk more about how to get that at the end. Okay, sure. Jim, go ahead. What you got?
3: I'm going to mention a couple. Our closing night film is an extraordinary film called Chrissy Judy. It's about two young gay men who've been, you know, friends for a long time. Uh, They do drag together, and one of them decides to move away for a romantic partner, and it's about the other one sort of having to, you know, find out who he is and and make a a go for it by himself. It's it's a really mature film. It's funny. Um, You know, I like it quite a lot, and it's we'll be having the two main actors down uh, for the film. It's called Chrissy Judy. It's our closing night film on Sunday, October the 2nd. At Outfront Theater. And the night before that, we're having um, our Icon. We we started giving out our Icon Award five years ago. Um, The last two years, we've had to do it virtually because of COVID. This year, we're returning to an in-person and we're giving our Icon Award to Colman Domingo, who is extraordinarily well-known in the community. Colman Domingo has been in series like Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, He just won an Emmy last weekend for uh, Euphoria who's Needs My Bottom. Um, next year, he'll be in two films that are going to be enormously popular. Um, Rustin, based on Baird Rustin. And then he's also in the, um, the Color Purple musical that was recently shot here in Atlanta. So he's an extraordinary like, talent. He's been working in the business for decades and decades. And I'm so excited that we're going to be able to be able to present him an award in person this year. That is we Saturday. Are, 1st. Saturday, when is that? Where is that happening? Saturday, October the 1st at 7.15 at Outfront Theater.
0: Okay, is that after or before a show, or is it its own separate thing? Well, he
3: um, he's involved with two short films this year, a film that he um, stars in called North Star, and then a film that's sort of based on his experience called New Moon. So what we're doing is we're showing both of those short films um, before and then after this films screen, we'll be having a conversation with um, Coleman Domingo and then a small little reception after that okay
0: i want to go back to chrissy judy just for a second um sure. and again this is chrissy judy's the closing uh it's um sunday october the 2nd seven thirty at Outfront theater but yes. um so so this is uh two two people they're best friends they're each other's companions exactly. yeah, and then you. and then and and they're uh and then one of them uh decides he's moving away and he's going to be he's for a relationship or they
1: do
3: they do a lot of drag performances together but they're not really they're not really getting anywhere they're they're doing small gigs small performances Mm -hmm. you know they've never really elevated themselves to you know major jobs or jobs that pay them a lot of money and one of them decides that he um is going to move off with his partner um and sort of leave the other one behind it's really about how the, the one left behind is sort of a Decides to move forward with his life and, 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 and sort of grow up. Both like, people. who are
0: you without this other person? Exactly.
3: It's like, who, yeah. who are you without this person? What well, I mean, and, and I think all of us as gay people can, can you know, can relate to that because, you know, we all at some point have to realize to the point where we say who are we where are we going what are we going to do and get that point sort of make the determination and they've sort of relied on each other all these years and it's really about you know the main character just sort of growing up and, and and realizing his own path and journey
0: it pulls at my heartstrings it's, heart
3: so, good. it's it sa- so good
0: it sounds it sounds upsetting to me because this guy is left alone and um so many of us are alone as we get older you know um if you're fortunate enough to have a partner that you actually enjoy spending time around and maybe not so much, but um, there's a lot of people hurting in our community and a lot of people that are alone and it 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 makes me... It makes me sad. <laughs> All right, Craig, what you got?
2: Um, so I'm gonna move to just kind of <laughs> sexy boys. Um, so we've got In From The Side um, from the UK, which is Gay rugby players. Enough said.
0: (laughs) Is that a documentary or is that?
2: It is a feature about a gay rugby team. And what more can you want? That's really all that you need to. (laughs) I didn't know that. Well,
0: yeah, well, there's gay rugby teams in Atlanta. You know, they're not automatically sexy, by the
2: way. No, they're not automatically. But this team Is. is really a sexy team. (laughs) All right. Well, that's the
0: most important thing. That's the most important thing. Uh, All right. Well, thank you for that. Um, So what about, do we have any trans stuff that you want to highlight, either one of you?
3: We do. We have a really good documentary called Framing Agnes. Um, Craig, do you want to talk a little bit about Black As You Are? Yeah.
2: Um, So we have Framing Agnes, um, and we also have Black As You Are from director Michael Rice. Um, And it's really a moving and beautiful documentary about the the trans experience, the non-binary or gender non-conforming experience within the Black community. Um, And it takes a pretty frank look at people's experiences within the community and and transphobia and homophobia within the Black community itself and how people navigate family and their lives and relationships. Um, and it's, at times, very difficult to watch. I mean, it, it, it's, it's got some real pain points, but he treats it very deftly so that you come out and see really how resilient we are as a community, and, and, and particularly transgender and gender nonconforming people within our own marginalized communities, how strong and resilient people really are and so it's i I think while there are it's at points painful to watch it's also really affirming Uh, yeah a really beautiful way that that you come out thinking you you know that we are really a strong community
0: oh definitely you have yeah. to be you have to be uh i know that uh homophobia uh queer phobia is especially strong in the african-american community um and it does feel as though there's i see a lot of black trans uh females i'm not sure why but i maybe they're just more out there uh but uh and they also uh are uh high rates of suicide. Uh, They have trouble getting health care, HIV among them. I think there's in Atlanta, uh, black trans community, I think it's like a 50% rate of HIV positive. Uh, It's really through the roof. Uh, And um, we just did a story, we just did a story in the news earlier where I think it was in, uh, that was in, was it in Montana or Tennessee? uh, Where they, they, just made it illegal to change your sex on your birth certificate, no matter, yeah. you know, under any circumstances, which is it's such a, a strange thing uh, for our it, government it was, to be concerned about.
2: It is. And, and I think it's one of the reasons that we want to just show this film and, and why I think that people need to see it. You don't need to be in the black community to see it. I, I, I think it's just for all of us to experience what people go through and I don't know that we're always as conscious of it as we can be and should be and I think it's you know to to really live through this experience with people on the screen I I think it's kind of extraordinary
0: yeah I think I think it's it's really it kind of it's an example of why out on film exists Because you're really trying to to promote healing and promote, you know, evolution in thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I'm really um, I'm impressed with this. So this is happening on. Well, you can see it live or streaming, um, but it's happening Sunday, uh, September the 25th at 7 p.m. at Landmark. Uh, And then Michael, like it's go ahead.
2: Michael Rice will be here. Oh, really? Yeah, he will be here to talk about the film and we'll do a Q&A. Um, and, and he's, yeah, so I think if, if you can make it out, make it out to see this film with him.
0: Oh, it seems like a really important an important film for sure. All right, well, we have time for, um, yeah, we have time for one or two others. Uh, is there, uh, Jim, anything else you want to throw at us?
3: or no, there's, Greg? there's so many. You, you, you can see the entire schedule at, in our website ww.out on the film.org. I'll mention one in particular. It's a really strong film. It's about it's a film called When Time Got Louder. It's about a family who um has two children. Um, the son has autism and the daughter has really been you know helpful in in, in caring for the brother and looking at her with the brother. But she decides to go off to college and she goes off to college and meets a girl and forms a relationship. And while, you know, back home, the brother kind of feels left alone and, and starts having some problems. It's really about, you know, family and, and coming to terms with independence and growing up. It's an exceptional film. I'm so happy we're showing it. Um, the director, Connie Kachia, will be down here. And one of the performers in the film is Eliz- Elizabeth Mitchell, who a lot of people know from uh, Lost. She's uh, she played some mother of them. She's so I'm really happy that we're showing this.
0: Okay. All right. I'll pick I'll pick a couple here that um well this is so obvious, but um so here's a 30-minute uh film called Naked Men in the Woods.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so funny because I mean the title alone will draw you in, but it's it's really good. I mean, it's about um a man and wife who um, you know, he's discovering that he's gay and he decides to sneak off you know, um, to the woods and have some frolics with other naked men. The wife is dealing with a health issue. Um, and she finds out about the husband. It's, it's really sort of about them reconciling who they're about, you know, what their future is. It, it's funny. It's warm. Um, there are some naked men in the woods and I'm not going to you know lie about that. There are some naked men in the woods, but it, it's, it's quite good. It, it's one of our stronger shorts, I think this year.
0: So she has a tumor and, he goes out and has sex with other men. That's great. That's great, Jim.
3: Well, I don't. He doesn't realize that she has a tumor.
0: Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, that changes everything. He has okay. no idea.
3: Okay. All right. All right. That's he, cool. No, he's not that heartless.
0: All right. All right. And then, um, ooh, I can't even pronounce that. But he looks cute. Um, what is this? Uh, Wow, it's interesting.
2: It doesn't say the name of it when you click
3: on it. Craig, did you want to mention Lonesome, maybe? We
2: do have Lonesome, which is uh, an Australian film um, by Greg Borum. Um, It's a very kind of sexy, uh, small-town, rural boy has a small-town scandal and has to leave and go to the big city hooks up with another guy and they try to figure out how to connect and where they belong. Um, It is very sexy. It is, uh, you know, the cast and the director and most of the crew is all queer. It is very much, um, it is sexually frank and blunt in the way that men are sexually frank and blunt um so it is and it's an authentic portrayal it is not a sanitized portrayal of gay life um it is um you know so it's sexy it's it's very sweet in in spots um you know and it's it's altogether lovely as it really kind of follows these two young men trying to navigate how they feel for each other
0: all right All right. Well, I think um, let's just finish out to kind of help people see how they they
2: might
0: how they might do this. So say you want to see some of these films. What do you do? So where am I going?
2: You go to Mm outonfilm.org and click buy tickets and it'll take you to our whole schedule. You can read all the synopses. You can watch the trailers and you can decide what you want to see. You can buy an all access pass which gives you access to everything in theater and virtually. Um, You can buy just a virtual pass uh, if you are just inclined to to stream the festival, or you can just buy individual tickets. And we have single tickets and ticket packages where you can buy packages of five or 10. So we have a lot of different ways that you can access. We have some things that are free. Um, so our shorts programs before seven o'clock during the week are all free programs both um, in theater and online. Um, we have a screenplay competition that we did for the first time this year. We're doing oh. excerpted readings from that script with the screenwriter who will be here in a Q&A. So if you are a budding filmmaker or you're interested in screenwriting, um, we are having you know, a, a free panel. Uh, with the reading and discussion with her, Um, you you know, for people who are interested in how art is created, really trying to promote new queer voices. Um, And, and so I think that, you know, that's, uh, you know, another kind of avenue that people can explore uh, other than just kind of watching the films along with them.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Craig. And thank you, Jim. It's out on film. Uh, It starts a week from Thursday, and go to outonfilm.org uh, to get your tickets. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, both of you for coming on the show. Uh, and uh, next up, we have Peach State Festival. Festival. Thanks for listening. See you Thank soon. Thank you so much, Greg. We appreciate Bye. you, Greg. Thank you so
1: much.